Naye Lupondwana on SAFM. Let me introduce you to our guest for this segment, Rabbi Daniel Bider, Orthodox Rabbi from Johannesburg, a Jewish community. Good evening to you, Reverend uh, evening, Rabbi, and thank, thank you very you. much for agreeing to be back here. Yes, yes, thank you very much for coming to the studio. Um, we always appreciate people who visit us here in the studio. He is our sole guest for this show, uh, for this uh, conversation, because it is important that we give them sufficient time to give the explanation and the explication of what, according to Professor Shaw, we did not understand. So I'm going to play for you what we heard. And this is what was also played by advocate Ngai Tobi at the ICJ. Why don't you listen to this? And then you'll understand where we're coming from. Listen to this. As Judge Tomka has noted, sometimes statements are made which are nothing more than a part of the recent wartime rhetoric, intending to put the blame and shame on the other side. Not to be totally ignored, but not to be ascribed an importance which belies how and when they were made, nor of legal significance. Let me refer to one further matter of some biblical moment. Yesterday, the applicant referred time and again to two statements by the Israeli Prime Minister where he said, remember what Amalek did to you, and attached great importance to it as part of the argument that Israel has demonstrated a genocidal intent. There is no need here for a theological discussion on the meaning of Amalek in Judaism, which was indeed not understood by the applicant. Let me just turn to the Prime Minister's statement of the 28th of October, which was partially and misleadingly quoted yesterday. He said, we are now entering the second phase of the war, which its objectives are clear destruction of the military and governmental capabilities of Hamas and the return of the hostages back home. In the last couple of days, I have met with our soldiers in the bases, in the field, in the north and in the south. Remember what Amalek has done to you. We remember and we are fighting. In front of our brave and hero soldiers, there is one prior mission to defeat the murderous enemy and secure our existence in our land. The IDF is the most moral army in the world. The IDF does everything to avoid harming the uninvolved. Tab 3 lists and addresses additional examples of misleading quotes by the applicants regarding Israel's policy. It is thus our conclusion that South Africa has failed to demonstrate the prima facie jurisdiction of the court. I turn to the next issue. It is important that we understand that was Professor Shaw. That the totality of Professor Shaw's response to a rather very important thing that was raised by Advocate Ngaitod. Now, he says it was partially and misrepresented the actual full statement of Prime Minister Netanyahu. You will remember that Advocate Nukai Tobi played a video of what was said by Prime Minister Netanyahu 
which was interpreted by an interpreter. So when you listen to this, I'm going to play it right to now for you. When you listen to it, you're going to hear both the voice of Prime Minister Netanyahu and the translator or the interpreter. And both of these are going to be giving you the nub of what elicited questions on us. If that is what was said, and Professor Shaw responds in the way that he responds, is there really ignorance on the part of South Africa as to what exactly was said about Amalek? Listen to this. You must remember what Amalek has done to you, says our Holy Bible. And we do remember and we are fighting our brave troops and combatants who are now in Gaza or around Gaza and in all other regions in Israel are joining this chain of Jewish heroes, a chain that has started 3,000 years ago from Joshua ben Nun until the heroes of 1948, the Six-Day War, the 70th October war and all other wars in this country are hero troops. They have one supreme main goal to completely defeat the murderous enemy and to guarantee our existence in this country. We've always said never again. Never again is now. All right, now that's what was said by Prime Minister Netanyahu. You will notice slight dissimilarities between what Professor Shaw read at the ICJ and what was said in the recording by Prime Minister Netanyahu. In what was said, actually orated by Prime Minister Netanyahu, you'll hear references to Joshua Ben Nun. A chain that starts from Joshua Ben Nun up until the IDF. Remember Joshua was the commander that took over authority of the Israeli army, no, Israelite army, after, this is after Moses had passed away. Joshua ben Nun, Joshua the son of Nun, is the one that took over leadership of the nation of Israel at the time. And this is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about. He was leading a military campaign leading up to the various nations that had been bad to Israel up until King Saul was given the instruction to remember Amalek. What to do with Amalek? We're going to find out. I don't want to give you what the Bible says about what's... We do have the rabbi for that and we'll engage with the rabbi. 21 minutes now after 7. With that said, rabbi, let's first give you the opportunity to respond to our main question our main question is south africa wrong to say that was genocide done by king saul to the amalekites and as such if prime minister netanyahu is going to reference that event of annihilating the amalekites today he is inciting the very same thing that happened to amalek is south africa wrong to draw that correlation Okay, well, thank you very much for inviting me into the studio, and I'm very grateful for the fact that we can have a civilized discussion about this, because there's too many accusations flying around out there. So this is really important to be sitting in the same room, able to talk, and I respect you for inviting me in. Thank you so much. Now, South Africa, I believe, tragically, I don't say people are wrong, I want to say they may have made a mistake. And by the way, if you've made a mistake, it's never too late to step back from a mistake. I think they're wrong on two counts. South Africa 
has a fantastic tradition here of having stepped out of a situation where there's been terrible conflict, terrible animosity, and has turned it more or less into a success. Yes, there's lots of problems here. It's a utopia with a few problems, admittedly. South Africa could have been such a strong agent for peace if it had chosen to be, let's say, an honest broker. With, with, with respect there, Rabbi, remember, mm-hmm. we don't want to make political statements sure. here. We need sure. to just focus on the statement of what happened with Amalek. Okay, well, you, asked, you asked if they're wrong. So I think that, I think they're wrong to have gone this route because they've lost an opportunity to actually influence things. So I'll just make that point. I'll now move on to the next point I want to make, that they're wrong in terms of choosing to base an entire court case on a uh, statement which Benjamin Netanyahu probably shouldn't have made. They've chosen to take a very specific piece of Torah and they have chosen to join lots of dots uh, join join the ten dots together. The contention is that that equals Benjamin Netanyahu has genocidal intent and is encouraging that. But there's a lot of dots they need to join, and I think that if we're honest about it, they don't really join up very well. So I will start uh, off by saying again, that if you again read, there, Rabbi, on, the idea here is not to make. Um, uh, I'm not going to be advancing any legal arguments okay. on behalf of or the state of yeah. the Republic of South Africa. No problem. The idea is to just get to zoom into the events that Prime Minister Netanyahu is alleging, or, or advocating why Toby is alleging, uh, are, are okay. genocidal. And that is about okay, n- good. Amalek. But pr- pr- Prime Minister Netanyahu invoked the, the word Amalek. I think that might have been a mistake on his part, because it's very easy it to... It was not just a word there, Rabbi. He, okay, a verse, a verse, of, yeah, a narrative, in, in, no problem. No problem. I, my my sense is that wasn't the most sensible thing for him to invoke or to have mentioned, but on a, a cursory glance at his behaviour, the behaviour of the Israeli army, mainstream Israeli opinion, mainstream Israeli opinion, we see that that is absolutely not what is meant, and that is not what is practiced. If anything, the strong rhetoric, uh, strong rhetoric on one side, uh, prompt strong rhetoric on another side. There's there's been way too much strong rhetoric on both sides in the Middle East. If we are looking at uh, each other's scriptures, if uh, Jews are looking at Islamic scripture, there's plenty of things that Jews can pick on. And if we're trying to be people of peace and actually solve problems, we do well to not interpret each other's scriptures in the most volatile, vitriolic way. There are verses in the Quran. And, you know, I've, I've got many Muslim friends. I've got very good relations with many Muslims. There are verses in the Quran uh, in which, on a superficial reading, uh, Jews are described as pigs and apes um, in uh, section five of the Quran. Again, verse with 60. respect there, Rabbi, yeah. we need to focus our okay, attention on no the problem. interpretation of what was said by Prime Minister Netanyahu. Sure, okay, good. So my, my initial point was that we shouldn't be looking to uh, interpret what people meant in the way which leads to maximum conflict, we should be looking at anything to look at these things generously uh, to minimize conflict and give each side a chance, um, particularly if you want to be honest brokers. Benjamin Netanyahu, what did he say? Yes, he invoked uh, Joshua Benun. Joshua Benun was a brave hero in many respects of the Jewish people. He was born in Egypt. He was born as a slave in Egypt. He was Moses. He was the right-hand man of Moses, the lawgiver. As Christians, as Jews, we all have a lot of respect for Moses. Uh, Moses, by the way, also uh, had battles in which he led the Jewish people the Israelite nation, by the way. I think it's very difficult to uh, contextualize what we read about many years ago in uh, in today's world. For example, I'll give you another example. Uh, it says in the Bible that somebody who violates the Sabbath should be put to death. I know many people who violate the Sabbath, and it's many, many years since anyone has even thought of putting people to death who violate the Sabbath. That's just not what we do these days. What we do these days is we look at our scripture 
for moral guidance. And as Jews, when we look in the Bible, what we do is we try and we we that which we can practice, which makes which makes sense to us in today's world, we practice things from thousands and thousands of years ago. We do not practice. We do not administer the death penalty. And in terms of Amalek, if somebody turned up today at a Jewish court and said they're a member of the nation of Amalek, do you know what the Jewish court would say? I don't think you know either. Rob. I do know. They would say, sorry, we don't know who the Amalekite nation is. You uh, please leave here. All these nations from the with, ancient with world. With respect there, yeah. uh, Rabbi, you cannot possibly know what is going to be said by a court. I, I, I know. I, I'm, I'm very well versed in Jewish law. And if somebody turned there up. There is no way, unless those judges are already bought by yourself. Judges cannot possibly say something that you think they're going to say. We have there's a tradition in the Talmud that all the nations that there was a king Sanherib in the ancient world, um, he was the king of Assyria, and he moved around all the nations. He moved Egyptians to Mesopotamia, Mesopotamians to Egypt, etc. So we don't really have track. We don't really know who all these nations are. We in fact have lost ten of our tribes. You may you will have heard of the ten lost tribes. So if somebody turned up these days and they were an Amalekite, we would uh, say sorry. We don't think you are. Uh, by the way, even if we did know who an Amalekite was, if an Amalekite turned up at a Jewish court of law, a Beth Din, and wanted to convert, they would be able to convert. There's a pathway for an Amalekite to convert. So to automatically say that we've got it in for all Amalekites in this day and age is really a very big misrepresentation of let's, let's a verse from many years ago. Let's okay, get good. Let's, let's get, get to what. Let's get to what. Let's let's be very honest about what Benjamin Netanyahu was trying to do. No, no, no. Okay, let's, let's go to the text there good right. let's go to the text yeah. Saul was indeed I'm going to be apologist I'm going to uh, uh, yeah that, that's not going to help you know if I if I pretend the text doesn't say what it says that's not helping anyone yes indeed if you look in the book of Samuel it says that Saul was instructed by the prophet Samuel uh, by the word of God to uh, to to eradicate the uh, nation of Amalek Amalek indeed yes I agree now as I've said that verse has little relevance to us these days in Johannesburg or Gaza, or Israel, or New York, London, Paris, Tokyo, in the year 2021. We don't know who Amalek is. If somebody turned up and said that Amalek, if you bear with me, I'll explain what I'm saying. I would say, if I'm being very honest, and I'm trying to be very honest and impartial, and I've been a strong advocate. I'm a, you know, when it comes to Israeli politics, I'm quite left-wing, actually, you should know. Um, when uh, when Benjamin Netanyahu was invoking, uh, was trying to remind people about Amalek and Joshua, if anything, he was trying to take young Israeli soldiers who might not actually want to be in the army, who have to be in the army, because otherwise the state of Israel won't exist if there are no 18-year-olds uh, and 19-year-olds who would rather be doing law degrees, medical degrees, whatever. They have to be in the army. They need to be encouraged. If we can conjure up an image of a 3,000-year-old warrior, a hero of the Jewish people, and of course we have to contextualize any of those ancient wars, then yes, that's a fine thing to do, to say, be like Moses, be like Joshua. I don't think I don't think that in and of itself is an issue. To, and it's very important to look at the continuation of what Benjamin Netanyahu said. He said, is to complete the task of defeating the murderous enemy. Never, ever has Israel suggested that its struggle is with the Palestinian people. Israel for many years has provided um, the humanitarian corridor for children of Gazans who seek medical care again, in Israel. Again, it's clear about, we, we, that we Israel not has no issue with the Palestinian people. I'm sorry. Uh, we, 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 I did say at the very sure. beginning that we okay. don't want to get into the merits of the case. No we don't want to get into political justering. Yeah. We do, however, want us to stick to the theological perspective, yeah. which is what was very much wanting, especially if the, the, the council for the state of Israel is going to say was misunderstood. My request to you was to explain the quote. 
the quote, quote okay. that says okay. remember Amalek that is not found in Samuel. So so th- these days these days we are more guided again by by contemporary thought contemporary meaning the last two or three hundred years the understanding these days about Amalek is that it's a certain sort of person no no no, per- no, no yes. not the interpretation let's just go to the text okay. where, where it says um, allow me to read it um, sure. because I was hoping you would read it it's out of the book of Deuteronomy chapter 25 verse 17 and verse 18 and I'm reading here from the message version because it's the simplest to understand but hey you can find any version if you can read Hebrew you can go to that one as well it says don't forget what Amalek did to you on the road after you left Egypt, how he attacked you when you were tired, barely able to put up one foot in front of another, mercilessly cut off your stragglers and had no regard for God. When God, your God, gives you rest from the enemies that surround you in the inheritance land, God, your God, is giving you to possess you are to wipe the name of Amalek from off the earth. Don't forget. That's where the statement from Benjamin comes from, isn't it? There. That is that is how it appears in the Bible. Yes, but it's ridiculous to invest uh, South Africa's reputation and lots of financial resources, which could be better used here, perhaps, in a quest to demonize Israel as genocidal based on the fact he said Amalek. And if you look in the Bible about what that involved 3,000 years ago, that that that, that quote, that, that was a big mistake and it's totally decontextualized. Well, sure, you can as, say that. That, yeah. is, that is for the, the legal eagles to say yes. that. But you and I are engaged today yes. on what exactly happened. Here we know yes. God was telling them to commit genocide. What yes. today we call genocide, isn't it? Yes. Yes. And yes. that is what Saul did. Save for Agag, he spared Agag spared and Agag. his wife. Yeah, right. Yes. So we know for a fact that when we are talking about the invocation of what was to be done to Amalek, who Benjamin Netanyahu says is the enemy, and in his own statement says we too have our own enemy. What correlations? Reasonable but, but, but why, correlations. Why, why are you assuming that his enemy is is Palestinian civilians? Why are you assuming that? Again, this is not an assumption that is being made by anybody. Was yes. simply saying if Pr- Prime Minister Netanyahu is going to claim he has enemies, or the people of Israel, or mm-hmm. the state of Israel has enemies, and parallels those enemies to the enemies that were mentioned by God to Joshua and King Saul, and so forth. How, how well, do, them, how, and how, those what? were not just a group, a terrorist group. The enemies were not just small groups. It was an entire nation. The enemy there that he chose to talk about was an entire nation. How, how do you know he wasn't talking about Hamas when he said the enemy? Why, Again, why, why are you making that assumption? Again, if you I'm, look at Israel's conduct, it's ridiculous to look at one quote totally out of context. If I, you look at Israel's conduct... I need you to, to listen are, to what I'm saying yes. to you, Rabbi. I'm saying Prime Minister Netanyahu... Mm did not use an example in the Bible that speaks to a small group out of a larger one. Yes. He used an example where it is an entire nation that is an enemy. That was a bad choice of words. But for South Africa to stake its own reputation, Germany is going to be challenging South Africa. Ireland, who is an avowed friend of the the Palestinians, has chosen sensibly not to join South Africa, to, to base an entire case on Benjamin Netanyahu's Possibly, I'll say, mistaken, badly ill-informed, badly advised uh, 
quoting of Amalek, right. I think is a grave mistake. Can so, it please give me a moment? Uh -huh. Because I'll I'm, give you, you the know. moment. I'll give you the moment. Yes. When I take a break and come back, when you come back, I'm, I'm going to give you that moment that you require. You. But I'm going to respectfully ask that we stick to the text because this show is not a political show. If this discussion is, does the text in Deuteronomy say that the nation of Amalek 3,000 years ago was meant to be completely destroyed, there's not much of a discussion to have. I agree with that. If All you right. want to talk about if South Africa is making a mistake here, that's a different discussion. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll come back. Just okay. let's go to the break. Stand by. Uh, a lot to talk about, but I want to open the lines so that anyone can join in the conversation. We're trying to understand if there is a reasonable, a reasonable expectation of South Africans to look at the story differently. Is it reasonable to say that um, there is a, we, we, people who read the story of what is ha what happened with the nation of Amalek done by King Saul is a misunderstanding, a misreading, because that's what Professor Shaw, counsel for the state of Israel, has said, that there is a bad understanding of the text. And so that's why we are resting and are rooting ourselves only in the text. Remember, this is facts of faith. So we're going to stick to just the faith aspect of it and how we can better and best understand it. You wanted to make a point there, Rabbi. Go ahead. Yes, I'd like to make a point. Mm -hmm. That it's incredibly important to, um, if you're asking, you know, if you're asking, has South Africa made some kind of mistake here? South Africa has focused on one piece of text from 3,000 years ago. And I ascribe a lot of importance to what's in the Torah. But of course, I take the view that I'm obviously interpreted and understood in the modern day context by great rabbis and great um great um, commentators who can tell us how this applies to us these days. It would have been a far easier case to make to look at some of the statements by Hamas. Don't tell, maybe you're going to tell me I'm not allowed to talk about Hamas. I think that's a little unfair because there's a context to this whole discussion. Hamas, the leaders of Hamas have said that they would like to repeat this massacre time and time again. They would like to rape, pillage, kill, cut off women's breasts, uh, etc. Uh, burn children with their parents again and again, and they're given the opportunity they would. That's a clear, no, th th this is not nebulous, and this is not tenuous. This is, we want to do genocide. We would like to be, we are genocidal. It's very odd that South Africa has chosen to ignore that and gone for an ancient text said by someone who maybe shouldn't have said it, who definitely meant something else, as you can see from Israel's conduct, because uh, Netanyahu himself expelled a member of, uh, a very junior member of the government, Amichai Eliyahu, who said, um, also, very wrongly, that Gaza should be nuked, uh, nuclear bombs should be dropped in it. His, uh, st his statements were disavowed. He was he was uh, dismissed from the cabinet. And Israel's doing a very bad job of genocide. Uh, the population of Gaza has doubled in the last 18 years uh, since Israel left Gaza. And I'd add to that that Israel gives civilians in Gaza uh, a lot of chances. Israel really tries to minimize civilian casualties. Soldiers are sent on missions uh, when the Air Force could easily do it. Soldiers' lives are risked. Um, uh, knock on the door, bombs are dropped with no explosives in them, just an empty shell case knocking there. Gazans are texted and told where to go. Doesn't always work out, but there's a genuine effort, clearly, on behalf of Israel to minimize okay. uh, uh, civilian casualties. So again. Benjamin Netanyahu uh, has shown by his actions that he is not Rabbi? out to uh, he's not out to uh, hurt civilian Gazans. Okay. Doesn't help Israel at all. Yeah. Thank I you for allowing me to make that point. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. So I want to remind you, mm. uh, there, Rabbi, that um, again, my mandate is to stick to the text. I have heard all the arguments you're making. You're, you're making they mm. were made there by the Council for the State of Israel, and I'm not an attorney. I'm not yep. here to represent the State of uh, Israel or the Republic of South Africa. Sure. I, I, okay. I do not want us to confuse and conflate okay. what we're doing here tonight. 
um, I do understand that this matter is still going to be ventilated. There was a, on Friday and Thursday, okay. it was the first round of oral arguments. Sure. We don't know when they'll be invited again by the ICG. Mm-hmm. So okay. I don't want us to go. Good. Please, so let, can, let we, me, can we, can good, I? Let, good. Can let, we, let me stick to a pure Torah idea on yes. what Amalek means in this day and age. No, I think no, you'd like no, that. no, no, no. Okay. I want us now to <laughs> talk about the, 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 the very invocation. Yes. You're saying South Africa is choosing to use um, um, an old text. And I'm respectfully suggesting to you that is not a choice by South Africa. That was a choice was made by Prime Minister Netanyahu. Yes, he, he, cho- he, cho- he, cho- he chose to quote that text. Yes. South Africa has chosen to look at all the evidence about there out there about whether Israel has or does not but have genocidal intent. But can we agree that it is not true to say that it was? it's a choice by South Africa? South Africa is simply re- revising, getting all of what has been said onto the stage. So South, South, South Africa has totally avoided the context. South Africa has accused Israel of apartheid. There's, can, there's hundreds of that, thousands of, that's a conversation of, that can be of had African-Israeli Jews. I mean, I, South Africa has completely... Rabbi? Do you know that South Africa... Rabbi? Rabbi? Yeah. Let, let, let's be true to our agreement. Okay. We just made an Fine. agreement right, right now. <laughs> okay. I'm Fine. saying, suggesting to you that when you're saying South Africa has chosen, mm. that's a misrepresentation of facts. South Africa is simply recalling what was said okay. by the choice, out of the choice of the Prime Minister himself. Okay, let, so Minister let, let, me, let, me qualify, let me qualify what I said. I have serious suspicions uh, that at worst uh, uh, South Africa has uh, malicious intent and at best it is very ill-advised and perhaps a bit naive. Uh, I, that do, it is, I do uh, wish uh, to appeal to you not yes. to make political statements. Okay, there, this, is not, this is not political. This, this is a fact. Yeah. South Africa, before there'd been any Israeli Rabbi? response, South Africa sided with... Hamas, Again, when that's the only thing that's happened to Israel, that's not a political statement, that's a fact. Rabbi, that is a l- fact. Can we stick to sure. the facts of your Torah? Sure. Yes. As far but, as you, but you read but, the text, okay, but as far as you yes. read the text, which was chosen by Prime Minister yes. Netanyahu, and that's why we're having yes. this conversation. Yes. Had it been said by any other person who is irrelevant to the situation, yes. we wouldn't be having this conversation. Mm-hmm. It, not, it would not have been raised at the ICJ. And I'm suggesting to you, for there to be a reference to it by Prime Minister Netanyahu, yes. and that reference is brought to the attention of the ICJ president, the deputy president, and members of the court, mm-hmm. and then rebutted so flimsily by the, uh, the attorney for the state of Israel, not giving context. If, if you suggest that there is no context there, to there it, is, the, I need you yes, then. Okay. So, Let's so, give context so, so if, to if, if, you, if you want to stick to the script, I, I think it's uh, slightly unfair what you're doing because you're focusing on one sentence and saying, Let's, our mandate is to discuss that sentence. Yes, that was, a, that was not a great sentence. That was not a great verse for him to quote and has led to lots of ambiguity about what he means. The state of it's Israel is clearly not acting that way. It's not ambiguous there, Rabbi. And you, was, you, he ta- you, was he talking about Joshua or was he talking about killing Amalek? Was he talking about, uh, was he suggesting that a Palestinian if baby is the- Amalek or was he suggesting that Hamas is Amalek? We don't know. And again, no one's asking those questions. Again, I Those questions are discovered through looking at the context of what's going on and it's a big context if very would, nuanced uh, again mm. we want you and i here sure. to engage and that's what we invited you for thank you and i think i, I made it abundantly clear sure. in the write-up that okay. i gave to my producer what exactly the objectives of our conversation okay. we need to educate our south african public yes. of what happened with amalek yes you have conceded that with amalek yes saul killed all of the amalekites save for two people yes king agag and his wife yeah okay and yep. we agree on that. It was a genocide, correct? That would be described as a genocide. Yes. All right. Yeah. So even though at the time, during the times of King Saul, that was not regarded as genocide. It was just an act of God. That's the, way, that's the way the world worked yeah, back today, then. Yeah. America 
uh, America did what it did a um, hundred years earlier than what the the may, the maybe I I don't want to get involved in uh, South African politics. I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, America and Australia and Canada both did in, in awful things to the uh, all did in awful things to the indigenous populations, and that was kind of that was you know 100 200 yes. years ago, so, and they got away with it. We're talking about 3,000 years ago, so it, yeah. it's meaningless to kind of bring stuff from 3,000 years ago not, into the current day debate. It is evidently, as far as Prime Minister Netanyahu, it is not meaningless. Okay. As far as Prime Minister Netanyahu representing the state of Israel, yes. it was so meaningful that he's going to say this, trying mm. to... Okay, so, so I, I, will, I will explain what I, in the, what I think objectively he meant and why he would have done that. We um, don't, you and I don't know that. Let's talk to what okay. is in the text. So, 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 what, okay. did, what did God, because these are the words of God okay. to, to, okay. to, to Joshua Good. and Joshua Good. was supposed why, to... Why, why, is, why is Amalek Israel's arch enemy? Say that again. You're you're a you're a Bible expert. I know you are. No, I am a journalist. I think I'm, very, well, I'm very impressed with your Bible knowledge. I'm, I'm I'm not a Bible expert at all. I'm a journalist. Okay, well, yeah. you're a pretty pretty knowledgeable journalist. Okay, why I'm going to ask you a question. Why is Amalek uh, out there as Israel's arch enemy? There were Hittites and Jebusites and you know many many people out there. Why why did God choose the Amalekites to be the arch enemy, the one we must never ever forget? And I'll tell you why. Because when Israel, when the ancient Israelites, you, Bible surely you're right. That's that's sticking to the script. That's part of the mandate. Okay. When the Israelites left Egypt in the year, in the Hebrew year, 2448, which is around uh, 3,335 years ago, I think. Uh, yes. Okay. Then they were on an incredible high. If you would have opened the internet or whatever the equivalent was back then, all over the world, you would have read about the Israelites leaving Egypt. To It was incredible. The, 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 Egyptian, the Egyptian country had collapsed. The Israelites left. This slave nation, they'd been reduced to slavery. They were almost about to give up. They had been brought to a situation where they'd been redeemed, and God was taking them to give them the Torah on Mount Sinai. That was incredible. On the way there, on the way there, when they had this incredible reputation, no one would have dared to touch them. The Amalekites came and attacked them. The Amalekites are the ones who... Um, the Amalekites are the arch enemy in the sense that they broadcast to the world it's okay to attack the Jews because no one dare, would have dared to, to attack the Israelites at that point in time. And that's why the Amalekites were chosen for this uh, dubious honor as being the uh, notional, the representation of Israel's worst enemy. Again, what does that mean these days? It's a meaningless concept, Amalek, these days in terms of it being actual people. Amalek in these days is contemporary Judaism, which is very important to understand because Benjamin Netanyahu is living in the contemporary world. Yes, in the time of Saul, that meant wiping out an entire nation. Those were the years when entire nations were wiped out, when anyone, the enemy could come over the top of the hill and arrest you and they'd be slaves. And it was dog eat dog. It was law of the jungle. So the world worked, you know, the world has grown up since then. Yes. Nations don't do that to each other and anymore. Interesting yeah. enough, the prime minister chose to use that very same reference. And I'm going to appeal to you. Um, I, I'm more than willing to answer any of your questions okay. when you invite me to your show. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Are there any slots on SAFM? Let's let, let find out. Find okay. out there. there was so, an empty room down the corridor. Yeah. So, so you know. um, I want to read to you the text as as far as the book of Deuteronomy sure. is concerned. I think sure. this is what we read already. Yep. And this explains it abundantly, sure. which informs my line of questioning. Yes. Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 17 and 18. Reads is for don't forget that Amalek did to you on the road after you left Egypt. How he attacked you when you were tired, mm. barely able to put up one foot in front of another, mercilessly cut off your stragglers and had no regard for God. When God, your God, 
gives you rest from all the enemies mm. that surround you in the inheritance land God, your God is giving you to possess. You are to wipe the name of Amalek from off the earth. Don't forget. So that's what happened. And that's the history that is abundantly clear to everyone. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm struggling to understand how you could say South Africa is choosing. And yet it is Prime Minister Netanyahu chose this narrative. Now, when you look at all the various narratives yes. between the Israelites and the various nations that they battled against, they didn't, he, Prime Minister Netanyahu didn't choose any other. That did not include genocide, by the way. He chose the one example that includes genocide. Mm -hmm. Well, if we go back a stage, it's interesting that South Africa chose to ignore genocidal statements by Hamas. I know I'm not allowed to say that, but they've said they'd like to repeat this time and time again. So if you're bringing a genocide case, and they're two, they're two sides. Let, let, let's con let, let me say I concede to you and I say, yes, Benjamin Netanyahu is genocidal. They're two genocidal That's not countries. what we're suggesting for now. Okay, I mean, this is an explanation of what he said. The conclusion that he is therefore genocidal, that's for the it, ICJ cherry, to it, as, as, as Professor Shaw said, it's cherry picking. There's a massive context here. And for to pick on one verse, interpret it in a very specific way and say he was focusing on the genocidal intent, which that would have meant 3,000 years ago, as opposed to the incredible leadership of Joshua. Joshua is generally held in high esteem these days. People think of Joshua, you know, people do uh, separate Joshua from Amalek. People think of Joshua as being, um, you know, as being a, a great leader of the Jewish people. If anything, he was trying to take an 18-year-old, imagine an 18-year-old son, I don't know if you have children. Imagine you had I a do. 19, 20 year old son who's feeling very demotivated about going into urban warfare, which is incredibly difficult to ensure that his sister won't be next in Hamas's horrific campaign against the Jewish people. He's demotivated. He just wants to be in medical school or law school or doing whatever a young Israeli boy would like to do if he was able to. Okay. What would you do to instill in them some national pride in the heroic mission? Israel, there's a lot of history. You know, the Israeli National Anthem talks about the fact that we've dreamt of being a Jewish nation, Jewish nation for 2,000 years. So it only, it makes sense that Benjamin Netanyahu, who is the uh, democratically elected leader, would choose to instill some national pride by invoking right. leaders from uh, a bygone era. I'm going to take on. a break. When we come back, I want us to find out from the listeners what they think of what okay. we'll talk about. And then okay. um, we'll, we'll continue our conversation. It's 19, it's 11 minutes now, just before 8. Welcome back and thank you very much for sticking around. You're still listening to Facts of Faith. We're taking your calls, taking your voice notes, taking your text messages. A very uncomfortable conversation to have, but a necessary one to do as well. So I'm going to take your calls now. Remember, what we're trying to zoom on or zoom in on is the faith aspect of what is happening or what happened at the ICJ on Thursday and on Friday. Um, we are not about to indulge in politics or legal work as far as that is concerned. We're just going to restrict ourselves to the faith aspect. And that is what was said by Prime Minister Netanyahu and then referenced by um, Advocate Ngai Tobi and then responded to by Professor Shah. Let's go to the calls. Let's go to Melvin. Melvin is in Benoni. I understand, Melvin, you have an issue with me. Go ahead. Melvin. Good evening. Good evening to you. Yes, I. Good evening. Can you hear me? Yes, I can now. Go ahead, Melvin. Uh, I'm saying good evening to you and the rabbi. You you seem to be conflating issues. You played a clip uh, that uh, transpired in in the in these court proceedings, and when the rabbi had an, a remark on why South Africa is going to uh, fail 
you know, in this case, then he said, no, 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 we are not going to talk about what is happening in court. But he played that clip. Okay. And secondly... Okay, let's address that one. Let's address that one, Melvin, and I'll give you an opportunity to, admit, to respond. Do you admit, admit that... Let me, let me address that. Issues. Melvin, All right. I'll give you an opportunity to just yes. make your second point there, and then we'll, the, the first okay. one is, remember, we played Professor Shaw's response to what was said by Advocate Nwai Tobi. Absolutely. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Advocate Nwai yes. Tobi played something that was said by Prime Minister Netanyahu outside the ICJ. And that he said, not at the ICJ. So what is playing itself out at the ICJ are the views of the Republic of South Africa as represented by Advocate Ngai Tobi and the views of the State of Israel as represented by Professor Shaw. Our issue is not what is happening at the ICJ, but the references that were both explained by Professor Shaw and referred to by Advocate Ngoi Tobi of what the Prime Minister said. And that's what we're restricting ourselves to, what the Prime Minister said, the views of the Republic and the views of the State of Israel. Yeah, but then yeah, that's where you also make a further mistake. Because okay. if you use the concept genocide, then you must make a reference on whether are you referring to the concept legally or politically, then if the debate is confined to the political perspective of both warring parties, that I mean Israel and Hamas, then you should also make mention of a statement which was issued by G- by Hamas that they are declaring a jihad against Israel. Yeah. So uh, let's let's address surprise. that. Let's address that, uh, uh, Melvin. Thank you very much for raising that. Unfortunately, uh, I don't know whether you did not hear that part. I did say that we are neither making political or legal statements tonight. That's what I kept on reminding the rabbi. We're focusing on the theological aspects, which regrettably, Professor Shaw said, is of no need. For this show, our responsibility is to explicate things and matters of faith that respect that pertain to our views as people of the Republic. And that is what we're restricting ourselves to, not the political perspective, not even the legal perspective. And I did say we'll leave that to politicians and the legal eagles. For today's conversation, it's the mention of the biblical narrative. And this is what he appreciated as well, Professor Shaw, when he says, yeah. let's turn our attention to the biblical perspective. And that's what we're restricting ourselves to, the biblical yeah, perspective. But, why, but, but you are the one that set the tone by playing a clip on the court proceedings. Yeah, but I explained that. Are you not listening now, Melvin? I explained why we played yeah, that. No, but, but, but remember, you even went to an extent of telling the rabbi that if the South Africa fails, then that means there's a likelihood that he may have bought the charges. And that, that was a serious okay, inference. That's unfortunately that's a, a, a lie on your part now there, uh, 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 Melvin. I'm going to end our conversation on that because that has deteriorated the core of our conversation. When I was talking about the buying of judges, I was talking to the rabbi. The, the rabbi was asking me something about something totally different. He asked me, do you know what the judges in the state of Israel would say if somebody were to come and say, I'm from the nation of, of Amalek? And I said to the rabbi, you don't know, Rabbi. And he said, well, I do know because I have a close knowledge of the, uh, of the Israeli judicial system. And I said, you cannot possibly know what judges of, are going of to the say. Ta- let me just note of the Talmud, yeah. which says that we, we don't know these days. who. who and I said, yeah. you cannot possibly know what a judge is going to say about a case he is yet to decide on unless you have bought the judges. And that is a statement that I'm repeating right now. In any credible judicial system, there is no way anyone can know what a judge is going to say. It is impossible unless those judges are bought by the person who knows what the judge is going to say. 
So that is now unfortunate that you're going to make a lie and say something that was said in a different context and you know, bring it in this context. That deteriorates the quality of our conversation. It's very regrettable, Melvin. Let's go to Colin. Uh, Colin is in, in Cape Town. Shall we take Colin there? Colin, are you there? Yeah. Uh, that Amalek yes. story. Uh, I'm going to ask you, the rabbi, I'm going to ask you and the rabbi, and I ask myself, do we know what type of people they were? Were they in the same category as Hamas now? Maybe Netanyahu, if he used the word Hamas, remember what Amalek did to us. Hamas is doing the same. Now, I was so shocked. You know, it, it flashes through my, my mind since Friday when I listened to both cases, both sides, Friday, yeah. Thursday and Friday. And I can't believe what Hamas is doing. Yeah. Raping and cutting off breasts of women and burning children. The two, two of them raped a woman, and the one was still inside her when he shot her in the head. Okay, now, Colin, I want, I want to remind you. Hold on, hold on, uh, Colin. I do not want us to derail the, con the conversation. And I do want us to be very clear about this. When this broke out, the Sunday after this matter broke out on the 7th of October, we had a representative from the Muslim Judicial Council here on the show and we addressed all of these things. And if you have a problem with what our position was then, go back to that podcast and listen to what we said. I do not want us to litigate that issue now. We did make it abundantly clear. In fact, even their representative from the Muslim Judicial Council did say that the actions of Hamas fall very far short of what the Quran says. So I don't want us to conflate. Can, issues I, can here, I chime in? But I do want us to be very clear there, Colin, that we do not want to talk about anything else but the statement about Amalek. When can we I? have to talk about Hamas and the Quran and Islam, we can do that. And we've done that many times on this show. But let us focus on what was Professor Shaw's representations when he said we don't understand. It is not true for you to say there was nothing of the ilk there. Right, it's two minutes now uh, before we go. I want us to take to take. Um, 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 okay, let's go to the, to the rabbi before we go to the voice notes. Go ahead, rabbi. I just wanted to comment uh, on the back of uh, one of the segue in from Collins' statement. The South African government also, uh, when Hamas had been the only actors uh, in the story, there was a ceasefire on the sixth of October. There was there was there was not a war. Seventh of October is when it all started, and immediately South Africa said we stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people led by Hamas. So before Israel did anything, South Africa had already chosen sides, which looks like it set itself up for seeing the worst possible way of interpreting anything possible from the Israeli side, which is tragic because who knows where this is going to take South Africa. I just wanted to make that point. That's, that that's, a, that's a fair point that you, you want to make there, mm. Rabbi, but it doesn't it doesn't uh, help us in, in the theological context. If the only thing I'm allowed to do is say, yes, King Saul was instructed to no, uh, eradicate. I mean, where am I allowed to go with this? But I, again, <laughs> I did send you. I, the, the, you didn't. You didn't come to the studio for just that. I did give you a full right. My producer sent you guys. Yes. What exactly what we're doing yes. here? And that's okay, why you agreed here. Let us stick to what we agreed. Good. Now. Good. And I, I do not. I do not appreciate that idea, that, uh, Rabbi. That now you are reducing the whole content of what we sent to you, which you agreed to. To me, just saying yes. 
I, I that that is not fair. Okay, I'm with you. We we okay. agreed on what's okay. on, and that's why you came here. What we agreed on, which is a legitimate point to debate. It's eight o'clock. It's time for us to go to the news. When we come back, we'll give the rabbi an opportunity to just explain a few things, a few more things about this whole Amalek exercise, particularly with what was said by Prime Minister Netanyahu. The news now with Daniel Madon. Six minutes now after uh, eight o'clock. Thank you very much for tuning in and staying tuned to um, SFM with me, Nayel Pondwan. It was billed to be a rather, well, engaged conversation, and it is, I suppose. So you will remember that um, as soon as, or maybe you will not know, as soon as um, the um, cot got underway at the ICJ, there was a statement that was issued by the South African Zionist Federation's strongly condemning ANC government's politicization of genocide. Which I found rather regrettable. Um, as we speak, um, as I speak, for example, I am not a member of any political party, but I am a member of the populace of the Republic of South Africa. So when uh, people speak on behalf of South Africa, they are not speaking on behalf of the ANC. They are speaking on behalf of South Africa. When Matamela Cyril Raposa, His Excellency, speaks, He's supposed to speak on behalf of all of us, on behalf of the ANC, for the South African Zionist Federation to then exclude me and anyone else who is not a member of the ANC and call this government an ANC government. That was a a, a regrettably political statement. So, um, I, I, all right, um, let's bring in the rabbi um, because it's important that the rabbi gets his opportunity to have his say on this. So I was saying, rabbi, I was rather disappointed that I was excluded as a member of the South African populace by the South African Zionist Federation when, he, when they represented the government as though it's an ANC government. That cannot possibly be true in the full context of issues. That's a South African government, not an ANC government. I'm not a South African political expert by any means, but I think um, something as big as this for South Africa, putting itself, raising its head above the parapet to the extent it has, maybe this is an issue of such national importance that they should have gone to the people, maybe done a referendum, said, do you want us to lead the charge accusing Israel of genocide? ANC has made a big decision here on behalf of South Africa. And just to explain my understanding of it, if you're really analyzing genocide and you're you're shaking up the haystack, you're shaking up, uh, you know, looking with a fine tooth comb through everything Israel's done and everyone in Israel has said for allegations of genocide, you've got to do the same thing with the Palestinian side. It comes across as slightly disingenuous or very disingenuous because there's so many suggestions on behalf of, from statements by the Palestinian leadership from the behavior of Hamas that day and how they behave, by the way, to their own people, that um, it, it seems that they have scant regard for human life, particularly Jewish human life. And you know, if, if you're really looking for genocide, do a do an honest job of it. I think that's what motivated the the South African Zionist Federation to make this statement. It feels like they were only looking for genocide coming from the Israeli side. Was it fair of them to do that on behalf of the South African people? No, I think for something as big as this, with the kind of ramifications it has for South Africa, maybe they should have gone to the people and said, Naye, do you want us to, do you want to come behind us? And by the way, what would you have said? Would you have said, yes, I want South Africa to do this? I'm interested to know that. So I, I, I don't think... Um, as, as if I was in government, I would ever do that. I don't remember the last time we had a referendum in, in terms of the one course of political science I attended at mm-hmm. Varsity. Um, there is no government that 
governs by a referendum, it's unheard of. It's a rather ridiculous. Well, when, when it's a massive decision, I come from the UK. A few years ago in the UK, I think it was 2016. Yes, it was. There was a referendum. Should we set ourselves apart from the rest of Europe? We've been part of Europe for the last 35 years or whatever it is. Should we go our own way? South Africa here how, has actually... Before Brexit, mm, how many referenda do you know from? Very few. But this is so massive what South Africa's done. Well, That's why. your gauge and, is, and, is not theirs. But I, I don't okay. want to... I, don't wanna, I, I was just... Uh, uh, well, respecting that you wanted to answer... I, I want us to just talk about sure. um, a few things. Before we go to a few things that I want to talk about, I want to bring in some voice notes. We haven't played any voice notes. I want to read some text messages and then um, we'll continue with the points that I wanted us to talk on. Can you go to the voice notes? Play the first one there, Lyle. Good uh, evening, uh, listeners of Radio uh, SAFM. Just want to say that, uh, yeah, Mr. Nye, I don't think you're getting it. What uh, what uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is trying to say that Amalek is typing it with, with uh, Hamas. Hamas is the murderous enemy of the Israelites. They want to kill and destroy the Israelites, right? So the same as uh, Amalek did. So for a uh, comeback, Samuel or Joshua, whoever was saying to Saul, yeah, Samuel, to destroy Amalek, wipe them out because they were the enemies of Israel. So is Hamas the enemies of Israel and nobody's talking what Hamas was doing, bombing them uh, up. You're making everything a political thing, fighting for rights and everything. But they forget Israel had the right to come back and defend themselves. So that is the thing. Hamas and Amalek is one and same thing. It's nothing to do with Palestinians. It's Hamas is the one. They are the Amaleks of today. Hamas is the Amalekites of today. All right. Um, may I encourage you to go to my Facebook page. I think I put up a, um, a perspective there every Sabbath. I put up something, a, a view there. You can go to Nayelu Pondwana on Facebook. You'll see um, the mixture of politics there. And two paragraphs, it won't be something long. I put up, I put up something yesterday there about Hamas. So let's be clear. The issue here is not necessarily whether... It is who is wrong. For the purposes of this conversation, it is not Hamas or the state of Israel that we're determining whether they are wrong. What we're trying to determine is whether the references by Prime Minister Netanyahu to the Bible are misunderstood. It's, it, this should be very clear. No, it, there's nothing ambiguous about that. That we need to be very clear for facts of faith. For facts of faith, we need to find out if there is no fact or there is fact that there's a misunderstanding. It's good that the rabbi has said very clear that it is genocide. What was done to Amalek, it was genocide. But now what you're making a point about is, again, a true point. But what about the other side? No problem. With the history of Israel, there were many other examples that the prime minister could have used. The Philistines is an example that is very famous. But there was no genocide against the Philistines. There was just one one person, one, who is Goliath, who was used as the front man for the Philistine army. That could have been an example if that was an issue. But the Prime Minister didn't choose an example of an enemy that has a group amongst the greater populace. The Prime Minister used an example of Amalek, which doesn't talk about a group, but the entirety of the nation. It is that understanding of what happened to Amalek that needs to be clarified for the people of the Republic. So I do understand the evil that was done by, uh, by uh, Hamas has been well documented and we've made that abundantly clear on our first coverage of the story here after this, 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 the Shabbat of um, uh, uh, the 7th. So I need to be very clear about that. Let's not confuse that part. But what we need for the purposes of this conversation is Professor Shaw correct to say we misunderstood 
what is referenced in the story there. And he says there is no need for a theological... He makes a theological statement and then we don't... Prime Minister makes... We don't have to understand it. We do understand. We have to understand it. Play the next one there. Uh, Naya, can I just comment on that very briefly? Do I get a pen to the wall? Go ahead. Yes, uh, I think a couple of points. Number one, it's interesting that pretty much all the callers... Um, you, were, you were saying, you know, uh, ANC is representing uh, South Africa. Pretty much every caller has really decided, uh, seems to have made up their mind that Hamas are the bad guys here and that right. Israel have uh, are, are fighting a, a just war. So maybe the ANC have overplayed the hand. I'm just putting it to you because on a, a basis of what we've so far. Yeah. Um, what I took issue with when I came yeah. back from the news is everyone saying this is the ANC. Mm. I am not a member of the ANC. I'm yeah. not a member of any political party. I'm a South African. Yeah. When I participate here, I'm not participating as an ANC person. Mm-hmm. I take issue with everyone suggesting that everyone in South Africa is ANC or mm-hmm. EFF. Or we're, I'm not a member of any political party. So this is a, a South African thing. So an ANC thing. Has, we, is, is it not the case that the ANC, as the, as the uh, governing party, has chosen to take South Africa in this direction? Well, unfortunately, the decision that was taken in Parliament was taken only by the ANC. The decision to take this matter to the ICJ was not taken only by the ANC. Mm. The position that the South African Republic has taken is not taken by the ANC. It's right. taken by the Parliament of the Republic okay. of South Africa. It, 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 mean, it means that there's a, a big minority of disenfranchised South Africans who have been dragged along into a court case they don't believe in. Let us we not can agree therefore on that. call this an mm. ANC thing. Okay. The South African Broadcasting Corporation is not an ANC thing. Okay. This is a public broadcaster, and I'm participating in a public broadcaster. Many people who are out there, I don't know whether what member of the political party you are, but you're, you're here in South Africa, protected by the interests of the government of the Republic of South Africa. So let's not conflate the ANC and uh, government. ANC is a political party, and we have a government that is leading even in parliament. Let's go to the next uh, voice down there, Lyle. Uh, good evening, good evening. Naye, Lupandoana, and your guest today, UJ Amaskral. Naye, I applaud what South Africa did uh, on taking this uh, matter up, but again, there's a question on South Africa. South Africa is playing double standard. Uh, the same thing that Israel is doing now is the same thing that Russia was doing bombarding Ukraine, killing kids, women and children there. It's sim- similar to this one. It's genocide there. But they were busy supporting Russia. Uh, Russia. Now they are up running up and down, uh, filing cases against Israel, in which is something that was done by Russia. So it's double standard. Thank you. All right. Um, um, I, I see there's a, a great appetite to go into politics, and I do wish that you understand my position. SAFM has got political shows and current affairs shows, and I do trust that they, it will be covered in our current affairs shows. The political side will be attended to in our current affairs programs. Both uh, Stephen Clotus and Aldrin will most likely deal with this, and hell, Kathy most probably will do it as well. I don't know. I do not do politics on this show. We're doing faith all right and that's what we are doing we're focusing on the faith statement the biblical statement made by prime minister netanyahu i totally understand the desire to get into the political side of this the achiness of i do understand but let us resist the the, don't yield to the temptation to be political on this show here let's just focus on the faith side final one voice note and then we'll go to the calls good evening 
the Benjamin Bibi and the, his government and minister, the beauty, all that, I mean, they are not following the Torahs and the Jewish faith, really. They are, they're just following the, the in, what do you call it, ingredient to capture entire the Arab, I mean, all that, really. They're just running after the material world, really. Yeah. And that's why America support them. So those who are a little bit faith and Jewish and all that, they know the Torahs, I mean, all of them, I mean, most of the prophet. I mean, peace be upon them, they came from the ethnically Jewish, Ben Israel, what they call them, I mean, mm. in Arabic, Ben Israel, Jewish. And they're all Muslim, and they're submitted to Almighty, really. So, sometimes they're misquoting and they're misrepresenting the Torahs, I mean. And they're not following what they're supposed to do, and they're according to the, the faith of the Ben Israel. Okay, all right, um, let's, let's, let's go to the calls. Go, go ahead, uh, who do we talk to? Matla, Matlakala. Is that the name? Yes, yes, yes. Good, okay. good evening. Go ahead, Matagal. Yes, uh, uh, I just want to ask your guest there. Are the children and women enemies of Israel? That's number one. Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not understanding. Are you, are you making I mean, this personal I, I about mean, him I mean, now? I, Yes, I'm asking him whether the women and children are the enemies of Israel because they, they, they are being killed. What, which women are you referring to, Matagal? The Palestinians, the Palestinian women and children, are the enemies of Israel because they are being killed in this war. Okay, are you saying? In what context are you asking that question, there, Matlakal? I'm I'm very wary to take your question because, um, again, I wonder. I was hoping that would stick to what was said by Prime Minister Netanyahu about um, um, their enemy and and Amalek. Are you suggesting that in that context, or what, what context are you asking? Yeah, let me first qualify my my question. Go ahead. Now, I Go also ahead. I also feel frustrated as you are because your guest there, he keeps on referring to Hamas. Yes, as listeners, we understand Hamas is wrong. No one is saying Hamas Absolutely. is right. You see, so if Hamas is wrong, does it give Israel a a green light to go and commit what Hamas is doing? Okay. Does two wrongs make one right? You see. Hence, I'm asking that question. Are the children and women, the Palestinian children and women, enemies of Israel? Okay. Uh, Rabbi? Because it can't, it can't be correct to say, because we understand Hamas is regarded as a terrorist organization. No one is saying Hamas is right. Even the South African government, I remember one of the lawyers did make that statement that, that this question will be asked, why Hamas is not at the ICJ? They've answered that question. So I... The way I feel, I feel the arrogance and, you know, from your guest, that just because Hamas is doing this, we've got the right to, to do what we are doing. That's what I'll have, I'll have the rabbi yes. respond there, Matlakala, but I just want us to be gracious and, and, and kind. Uh, I understand your frustration. It's probably mine frustration as well. But I don't think the rabbi is being arrogant. He is trying to express the view that he's uh, um, mandated to share. But I, I understand your, your, your question. Rabbi, do you understand his question? I think so. Um, I want to apologize, first of all, to your, to your caller if I've come across in any sense as arrogant. Um, uh, I think it's absolutely terrible what's happening at the moment. And uh, I wish we could I go understand. back to October, October the 6th and do things differently. I wish the Israeli security forces could have been more alert and could have focused only on the uh, 3,000 Hamas fellows who infiltrated and could have 
Um, is it a horrible thing to say that it would be great if Israel could have uh, neutralized them when they crossed, or Israel could have given them uh, maybe some nice flowers and turned them into nice friendly people? That would have been very nice, but yeah. that didn't happen, and we're in a horrible situation now. Now, you equated uh, Israel and Hamas. Now, they're not really doing the same thing. Israel is Israel is executing a war. Now his, in, his question yeah. was the women, women and, chil- and children Isra- that are being attacked by uh, the IDF, yes. are, are they also the enemy? No, not at all. They're not the enemy, nor are the men the enemy. Men, yeah. And any man, any man, woman or child who is not a member of Hamas is not the enemy. Yeah. Does that answer the question? Unfortunately, Hamas embeds itself in the civilian population. Therefore, if you don't allow Israel to um, to engage in warfare when there's some risk of civilian casualties, you're basically saying Israel must allow the Hamas massacre to happen and then can't respond because that's the only way Israel can respond. You should be aware that even according to Hamas's numbers, which are quite dubious, one in three deaths is a Hamas combatant, which is extremely I'll use this term very guardedly, good by um, standards, uh, by, by comparison to other places where there's been urban warfare. So Israel's get one in three deaths, and each one is a tragedy. I would even say maybe the Hamas, you know, pity the guy had to join Hamas and die. But uh, one, one in three is, is considered a quote-unquote good rate for urban warfare. Certainly it's a tragedy when anyone who's not a member of Hamas is, is killed as a result of war. Is okay. that genocide? Definitely not. Okay, let's go to Golan in Durban. I think that'll be our last caller. We're going to move on to our next conversation. Golan in Durban, good evening. Hi, Naya, how are you? My mind, thank you. Go ahead. What's on your mind, Golan? Thanks for taking my call. Um, my small contribution as to the comments by uh, Netanyahu, mm. uh, the Prime Minister. My understanding is is that he's probably not uh, meaning that um, the Palestinians must be taken out as a nation, even though the Amalekites were the nation. But I think he's referring to the style and the approach that his forefathers employed at the time. Which they were genocide. They were to go all out and, and wipe out the nation. Of course, uh, nowadays it's just crime. Um, but the style was to go out and wipe out everything. So I think he's saying go out and wipe out everything that is Hamas. The same way our forefathers went after the Amalekites. Yeah. So it's the same style. That's my understanding of it. That's my reading of it. Tell me. The next, style, tell me, tell me. The, the approach was, yeah. should be the same as the one we employed when we were going after the Amalekites. Yeah. So I might be wrong, but that's no, how I read I, it. I hear you, and I think that's what the rabbi is suggesting as well. So Gideon had his time of leading uh, the people of Israel. Deborah had her time of leading the people of Israel. Even the murderous Samson had his time of leading uh, uh, armed conflict against their enemies. But these examples that I'm sharing with you, they were not genocidal. They did not en- entirely annihilate everyone of that nation. They went and fought with combatants. And so I'm, I'm suggesting that perhaps when we're looking at the choice of the prime minister to use the story of Amalek, Bibi Netanyahu, with all of his advisors, both legal and historical and scriptural, chose to use the example of Amalek out of all the other military campaigns that were waged by the people of Israel, which did not include wiping up, wiping out everything. He chose the one example that has to focus on wiping out everything. And therein lies the problem. How does Professor Shaw say there is a misunderstanding there? There is no misunderstanding there. 
Nej. Deborah didn't wipe out everything. Gideon didn't wipe out everything. David didn't wipe out everything. Yes, go ahead. Hi, Nay. Yeah, so basically, I'm just sitting here listening to your listeners, listening to you, and most of them get the nuance. Most of them understand that Benjamin Netanyahu, particularly based on his actions, you can see, and the general behavior of the state of Israel did not mean that every Palestinian is to be treated as Amalek. This was a way of galvanizing young soldiers who maybe don't want to be there, that the fight against Hamas must be uh, executed very vigorously. All the listeners out there get that. They're all citizens of South Africa. And that's why, again, I want to suggest that South Africa has done something quite questionable, interpreting Benjamin Netanyahu's statement, interpreting a verse from 3,000 years ago, interpreting what he meant and saying this is the basis for a claim of genocide. That's a big, there's a lot of ifs involved, and I'm not sure they wanted to do that. Your listeners all got that. I haven't heard one listener who has said, yes, 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 this is definitely uh, genocidal. Um, Benjamin Netanyahu saying that. And that's why I think this comes to the heart of what we're discussing tonight. Okay. Um, m- maybe you forgot the, just one caller before this one. Just one caller before this one. You, you seem to have forgotten that. Well, he wasn't, talking, he wasn't talking about the verse. He was talking about it's not nice what Israel's doing. Uh, you know, um, uh, again, I, I wanted to say more to him that, um, you know, he said... Uh, uh, my, po- my point yeah. is, Rabbi, is he, he was not saying yes, yes, yes. So just one caller. And one caller out of yeah. seven. Okay, so six out of seven is um, 83% by my calculations of callers get the fact that Benjamin Netanyahu my is not genocidal. It's certainly not clear, of, yeah. and it's certainly a big gamble for South Africa to say, Benjamin Netanyahu What I'm bringing genocidal. to your attention, yep. Rabbi, is not necessarily the substance of the issue, but to just denounce the hyperbole in your response. Mm-hmm. To to use hyperbole in a situation where we're trying to get the exactitude yes. of the situation is really unjust. It was a ba- it was a bad it was a bad I, I think we can agree it was a badly it was a badly chosen um nebulous quote and you could have done a better job particularly there when was, not nebulous at all it's very specific there rabbi it was badly chosen i agree with you but it was not nebulous at all i want to end our conversation on that note rabbi your your insights are always appreciated it's a great pleasure to be on the show and thank you so much for giving us a chance thank to you very uh much, rabbi. to uh, for me to say it the way the way i see it yeah very grateful indeed so we'll invite you again uh, hopefully you'll make yourself available um, with the hope that we'll have a different angle because this angle was strictly focusing on the issue of the text and our understanding or lack thereof thank you very much for the honesty by the way uh, we really appreciate that sure not at all thank you that was our guest rabbi daniel bider orthodox rabbi from johannesburg jewish community giving us some perspective on that. rabbi thank you